Hi folks, before we start this podcast, I'd like to ask you to help us. It's really simple. You just hit pause now, or you don't even have to hit pause. You can just look at the podcast you're listening to and click the link that says patreon.com forward slash tortoise Have a look through and see if there's a level you're happy to keep this show on the road. We rely on you. We've no ads. We've no sponsors. It is really listener-led. Uh, if, if you guys don't chip in, we don't exist. That's what keeps the mics on. And it's not just a one-way street. You get tons of extra content for it. I mean, you've missed this week alone our conversation with the Palestinian-American engineer, Loe Albasani, who put a helicopter on Mars and is now working on building a moon space base. I mean, come on. This, this, this is brilliant stuff, and I can't believe we get to speak to these people. There's lots of other stuff, including a four-part special, a pre-budget special, with, uh, that Rory's doing covering the gamut of social issues with brilliant experts that's all going up now some of it's already there you've missed out on two of them as it as it stands and there is an important conversation with the executive director of Irish Rule of Law International's Ingus Kelly about what is happening now globally and how Ireland plays a key role in, in access to justice as well as his upcoming trip to Ukraine to investigate war crimes the tortoise continues to, in my opinion, my humble opinion, knock it out of the park. But it doesn't happen unless you guys help us keep it up, keep the show on the road. So one more time, please, if you can, patreon.com forward slash tortoise It makes all the difference. I mean, honestly, I get that it's tough out there, but we are finding it very hard in here as well. We want to keep these mics on. Thanks for your support and enjoy the podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Reboot Republic, the podcast that goes behind the headlines and looks at the big issues in this republic of inequality. We are the podcast of solutions and the podcast of hope, and I'm your host, Rory Hearn. And I'm joined today by Rob Barrett, who uh, told his story of becoming homeless um, in Dublin on Instagram, and he put it up and tagged me in it, and I was really just shocked, and I shared it around, and a lot of people were shocked too, and it's something that listeners will be familiar with, that I've been encouraging people to tell their story, and I've been trying to share them, because I think we have to hear this, we have to hear the impacts, because people are becoming disconnected from it. So Rob, listen, thanks so much for coming on Reboot and um, chatting to me today. Oh, thanks so much for having me on, Rory. It's a uh... I'd like to say it's a pleasure, but you know. Listen, <laughs> no. no. Rob, before we get started, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am a barber and I, I work out of a, a shop in Dublin City called Trench. And then on top of that, I am a drummer also. So I've been cutting hair for like uh, seven years, but I've been drumming for about 31 years. So cool. I'm, I turned 40 this summer. Good man, so good uh, man. and that's yeah that's the story that's that's i suppose that's the backstory that's you the know? backstory yeah, 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 yeah the backstory yeah. yeah and the hair is looking sharp i'm due a due a cut myself now i'm not quite you'll as have sharp to pop into me <laughs> i will absolutely yeah 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 most definitely most definitely listen ah jesus it's it's so it's heartbreaking like you're you're, I got to read a few of the, the the posts you put up. You know, you said yourself and your wife. You said, as of today, Sarah and myself are staying with different family members separately. For the first time in almost ten years, almost nine years married, we are living apart. We've submitted an application to Dublin City Council for the housing list so that we can later apply for homeless hap. 
the process could take a few months. So for now, we are couch surfing in our own home city. All our belongings are thankfully in storage in different family members' houses. We're trying our best to survive out of suitcases. Unfortunately, there isn't anywhere we can both stay together. So for now, I'm on my own and Sarah and our dog Meadow are together. Rob, how did did it get to this? Well, I guess if I if I think about it, it was a a comedy of I guess housing errors over the last yeah. few years that have led to this. Yeah. So if I if I give it, you know, as the consideration that I have been given it, it I guess it started around COVID, I suppose. Mm. We were living in a, a, a lovely apartment in in Dublin one, uh, yeah. 2000, kind of 18, 17 to 19, or kind of 18 to 20, I can't remember. And yeah. it was lovely. We were, myself and my wife were sharing uh, the apartment with her cousin. And then when COVID happened, uh, I was out of work, Sarah was out of work, and um, we just couldn't, we couldn't upkeep the, the rent. Now, the, the landlord at the time was amazing. He, he was yeah. lovely. And he, he allowed he allowed us to pay half rent for the time that we were there. But we decided then that we would, we would go and, and, and stay with my folks for a few months mm. until we got our, kind of ourselves reset and then the barbershop reopened and we were able to work again. Yeah. But um, after that, we tried a house share in an apartment in Dundrum for about six months and that was really difficult it, it was still kind of COVID and we got I got back to work halfway through and uh, the living arrangement just wasn't great so we ended up in the apartment that we were living in up until recently last summer so August 21 yeah and uh, it was it was owned by my friend and and his mother and they were really kind to let us live there and they've only ever had kind of friends live there. So the rent was very reasonable and the living was really, really good. Mm. But um, the particular apartment complex, unbeknownst to my friend and his mother, uh, had become very, very antisocial. So we were just unfortunate that as we moved in, it was kind of all kicking off in that apartment complex. So we had about seven or eight really difficult months living there where we, we, we couldn't get like a, a good night's sleep or whatever. It was just really, really bad. So it got to the point where um, we were dealing with the management company of the apartment complex and they weren't getting anywhere. So we asked our landlord to step in and just speak to them on our behalf, just like, look, at, this is not safe. We're being interrupted constantly, blah, blah, blah. Um, and when the landlord realised how bad it had gotten there, him and his mother just decided they need to sell the place before it, it wasn't worth anything anymore, you know. So it yeah. turns out that, that that apartment is the only property that they own outside of the family home. So yeah. that's kind of his mother's retirement thing or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, so I don't, it's not his fault. But as soon as that happened, and they kind of gave us notice, a few months notice and we started looking for somewhere to live and which is just nowhere there's no oh, there's some of the like some of the ads are just crazy like 1600 quid for a bed sit yeah like that's that's I don't know I don't know what m- most people are, like I'm not living in a bed sit and I haven't got 1600 quid to pay for the so uh yeah, so this is the situation we found ourselves in now where we, we need to be out of the apartment by a certain time. We uh, When we realised we didn't 
we didn't have anywhere to go. We can't. We we applied to Dublin City Council for the housing list, so that we could then follow up and apply for the HAP. Yeah, and get some help to pay rent. Yeah, but uh, that's a twelve to sixteen week lead in time. I think for, for that to be processed. I think obviously they're still catching up from maybe a COVID backlog or whatever it might be. But that's the situation we're in now. So I'm I'm in I'm in a I'm currently in my mother in law's house, um, which she, she gratefully is allowing, allowing me to stay in. Yeah. But uh, that that's going to change for me in the next week because uh, my sister in law is moving back to 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 the family home. So. I have to then try and jog on to a, a, another kind of a of spare course. room or, or a couch or whatever, you know. So that's the situation. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. It's mad to think that, um, like, I'm working full time for years yeah. and years and years. Yeah. And this is this is the situation we found ourselves in, you know. Uh, yeah, like the the... The, the mental agility that we that we have to kind of practice on a daily basis is just it's just tiring, like you know. And what do you mean by that? Like, um, obviously, I work in the service industry, so my clients expect a certain a certain level of you know crack and banter and yeah. and uh, and a really good haircut and a nice experience in the barbershop yeah so i have to i have to put on my 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 work mask yeah in the morning yeah. go to work be positive be supportive be creative be the the uh, you know professional barber and then at the end of the day then i have to take off that work mask and then deal with or catch up with whatever my wife might need or you know whatever kind of follow-up emails we have to do and all that kind of stuff and then head home and then just try and cope again you know yeah so it's yeah. it's uh, it's it's becoming like exhausting to be honest i, I just yeah yeah it must yeah. be just utterly utterly exhausting mm. and and, yeah. and you're like <laughs> to speak out on it then what what brought you to that because you know it's it's a lot of people who who do share their story with me, you know, want to share it anonymously. And, you know, there's a feelings of, you know, embarrassment and shame that, you know, mm. shouldn't have, but you know, mm. that's the reality. No one wants to, to have to talk about this, but. I, I personally, because I've been performing uh, for, for all my life and I guess there's a performative aspect of what I do for a living. I'm yeah. used to speaking and I'm used to kind of, you know, being in front of people or, you know, being on stage or whatever. So yeah. I, I don't I don't necessarily do embarrassment or yeah. I'd, be, I'd always be quite very, very upfront and, and very frank. Yeah. And I remember saying, I said to Sarah a few weeks ago, I feel like I really need to tell this to people and, mm. and just so people like us realise that they're not alone or they're mm. not going through this without anyone else going through the similar experience. And then this week, two days earlier this week, I had to um, try and talk Sarah out of the idea of suicide. And uh, after that, I was, I, I just had enough. And, and I just said it to her, I was like, oh, we, need, we need to share the story. Yeah. She had been reluctant uh, uh, initially to kind of share the story. But when I just said it to her and she was like, yeah, just do it, just share it, just see what happens. And just so people yeah. know that, you know, this is the reality. Like I said, in the in in I words it like this is the reality of the housing crisis. It's not just a 
it's not just statistics and numbers and mm. a story in the news or whatever. It's people's lives, you know. Yeah. I think yeah. It's, we're being bombarded by news constantly that it's very easy to, I suppose, we can be forgiven for it becoming dehumanized, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to rehumanize it for people and yeah. just so they, they, they had something that maybe they could relate to. Yeah. No, it, it absolutely does. Yeah. It, it absolutely does and it's it's so powerful and and you know every time we i do one of these and someone comes on and tells their story i get contacted by other people who say you know that gave me strength you know because mm. i do realize i'm not alone and mm. you know this other thing that it's it's somehow my fault as well people talk about you know that it's somehow mm. something i've done and you know when it's not like you know this is a, a housing crisis mm. that is you know, caused by all the multiple policy failures of government, not like you look at your situation of working, as you said, all yeah. your life, doing everything. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, can't get a home in your own city. Like, it's just wrong. But like, I've, uh, I had a lot of people contact me over the last, over the last couple of days after I put the post up and a lot of people are, well, one of the common themes of people's messages seems to be like, uh, the system is broken and the system is broken. And I was thinking about it and like, it doesn't feel like that to me. It feels like the system works perfectly and it's just not designed for me. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, like yeah. that's what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. It, it feels, it feels a little bit like it's two Ireland's and I just, I'm unfortunate that I live in this one. Do you know what I mean? Because this, this, I was doing a haircut last week and a client told me that uh, himself and his girlfriend are going to, move in together soon and I said you find it difficult to find somewhere to live and he said no no we can choose three or four different places to go to that's very fortunate you know and, and he was saying that the, the one that they're looking at is only two seven a month for a two bed oh, and he yeah. said that's good he said it's good value considering the, the current market and I was like that's not good value <laughs> that's yeah. being so two different Ireland's no that's that's really you know it's so unfortunately accurate two different Ireland's and being unfortunate to live in the wrong one and it does you know I'm seeing and hearing that all the time more and more this kind mm. of division really striking division between those who are you know stuck as you say on on the wrong side for nothing they have done mm. just you know it's it's the way the system has as you say now is it almost feels like it's designed that way mm. you know yeah. and 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 we know that policy for the last you know decade even 20 years they stopped building social housing mm. they turned to the private rental market mm. then they wouldn't cap the rents they allowed rents increase and you know, just handed so much over to investor funds as well. But back to, you know, the government's just, they gave up on building public housing. And, you know, they had that attitude, Asher, everyone will get their house from the market. And this is what happens now, you know. This is this destruction of, you know, of people's lives, which is what's going on. It's crazy. It's, I, remember, I remember a long time ago, my dad, I think it was when, Fianna Fáil got back into power and Bertie was there and all that kind of stuff and they had started to kind of decentralise some of the public jobs I guess yes. and move them to different parts of Ireland and I remember my dad being like 
this is not a good sign. This is not a good sign. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, this is the start of proper neoliberalism. And I was like, at the time I was a kid, I was thinking, what's he talking about? Like, you know, and he yeah. was absolutely bang on. That was the start. It kind of just chipped away at bit by bit by bit. And we just didn't really notice. And now there's just like nothing left. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of picked away, like, you know? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. You know, you talk there about, you know, your wife and suicide. Like, that's just, that's, that's like, uh, it just, it's yeah. so, it must be so hard. It's, it's incredibly difficult because whatever about dealing with a loved one who's having those dark thoughts, trying to do it on the phone, like, if, if, if your loved one, like my, obviously my wife, if, if that was happening face to face, obviously you can hold her or you can, you can read her, her expressions or her intent. It's very difficult, you know, it's very difficult. Thankfully now to the last kind of, day or two she's she's um she's perked up a little bit but it was really really difficult really difficult yeah so yeah and in terms of you know where you see this you've applied for hap um and hopefully that will come true um and hopefully that will give you the additional coverage of rent to be able to find somewhere um yes yeah but you know, it, it's just right now, as you say, it's 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 so hard, um, and it's heartbreaking. You know, I find it just it's utterly heartbreaking, and and we need to, like, we need to stand up and say this is not right in this country. You know, this is not right. Like, it's mm. such, and also, yeah, you must look around at the vacant and derelict properties as well, and go, Jesus, there's homes sitting there. It's it's wild. Like I'm I'm working in Smithfield, and if I go five minutes across midfield to Stony Water or if I go five minutes the other way towards like Henry Street or whatever the amount of buildings that are just boarded up or empty or you know bashed shuttered empty property like it's crazy yeah. it's absolutely crazy yeah if you were uh, to talk to the, any sense. if you were to talk to the Minister for Housing and the Government now um, and you know, we do know that uh, some of them do listen um, to this podcast. What would you say to them? Just in terms of... Sorry, the, the call dropped there on me. Yeah, no, no. I was saying that uh, if you were um, to talk to the Minister for Housing, the government, uh, what what would you say to them now? That's a tough one because... My, my emotion, my emotion, like the angry emotion that I feel, yeah, would want me to, you know, rant and shout. But yeah. then the the logical side and the lateral side of my brain would would just want me to say, what solutions are you even offering that are feasible or that are affordable? Yeah, but I know that there aren't any. <laughs> The same logical side of my brain knows that that 
the minister, it feels like the minister who's in charge of that doesn't actually understand that book that he needs to control, you know? Yeah. Like, I listened to, I listened to a lot of your podcasts. I listened to, I first heard of your podcast through the Blind Boy podcast. Yeah, yeah. And the you were, you, yeah, you were offering solutions. Yeah. Actual solutions. And I haven't heard a lot of politicians on TV or radio offer any solutions. I just hear them uh, kind of work their way around answering anything clearly, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's disheartening. If I got a chance to speak to him, I'd probably just, yeah, ask him if there's any solutions, knowing that there aren't, so. Yeah. Well, I think, Rob, listen, I know you have to get back to the haircuts um, and the, the performance and asking you to perform <laughs> even more now. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it, honestly, it, no, it's been my pleasure. It's, yeah, it, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's been really, um, I, I, yeah, I was going to say it's been lovely to talk to you. It, you know, you're telling the story so, I think, you know, straight is really powerful and it is powerful to tell that and I know it will help other people. Absolutely. I hope so. Yeah, you know, so. um, yeah, and politicians, you know, are aware of you know this podcast and the story will go out and the story will go around and you know it will add further pressure to that and the more people who do tell their story because we have to say and I do say over and over this is not right it's not normal mm. you know and mm. we shouldn't accept it um, <laughs> and I look forward to dropping down for a haircut I'm due one so uh, well you you've got me on Instagram so just send me a message <laughs> you can pop in. I will, do, I, will yeah. I will do Rob listen and if you want to let people know um, in terms of on Instagram your um, your handle there if people want to get in touch with you is uh, Rob Barrett Drummer Rob Barrett Drummer that's yeah. it yeah that's well, the well listen mind yourself and mind your wife as well and uh, I will of course Roy we send you all our best wishes alright thank you kindly I really appreciate it thank you and listen, that was Rob there telling his story. Um, and if you do want to share your story, you can contact me. Um, I'm on at Twitter at Rory Hearn, um, at Reboot Republic and on Instagram as well. Uh, we do need to hear these stories and we have to keep talking about it. I know it's very hard. It's very upsetting. Um, and we have to think about, uh, you know, we do have to think about this. And, and as I said, say it's not normal. It's not acceptable. We're not accepting it. We're going to keep talking about it. We're going to keep highlighting it. Um, so thank you. Thank you to Rob there. Thank you, listeners. And we'll talk to you soon. And as well, um, in terms of services and support um, around the in terms of mental health and suicide, um, you can contact the Samaritans um, at any time, uh, day or night and free at 116123. Um, that's 116123. And also... Threshold um, provides uh, advice on housing. You can call them at 1-800-454-454. And also, in terms of homelessness, um, Focus Ireland is also um, available for support. And you can contact um, Focus Ireland in Dublin um, on 01881-5900. That's... Um, Oh one eight eight one five nine zero zero, um, and indeed that number will uh, get you in touch to their main offices around, uh, around Ireland as well. Okay.